So what they do, Skippily, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today, we're going to be etymologizing a bunch of, well, we're going to dive back into a lot of exercise, physiology, weightlifting terms, bro science, all that kind of stuff. We're going to entertain kind of the the broier side of me because you guys know me. I definitely love the human body. I love dissecting it, and I love etymologizing words, all these words that we see all around us are made up of primarily Latin and or Greek. So if you're a person that usually says, what's the point in trying to understand a dead language, then I urge you, I challenge you to maybe consider reframing that and stay in tuned because you'll learn that all these terms that I'll flesh out, things like body composition, things like aerobic exercise, anaerobic, cardiovascular, isometric, hypertrophy, atrophy, ligament, antagonist, and, or, um, at, or bleh, agonist muscles, extension, flexion, skeletal muscle, anatomy. If you're curious about those words and understanding what they really mean more so than on their just surface level, then I really urge you because the more you know, the more you know. And the more you know, you, the more you can carry yourself throughout this world in a confident way, right? That's what I always tell my students. It's not about knowing things. It's not about being inherently smart. You may have aptitudes. You may lean towards certain things. You might be more math-oriented or science or art or writing-oriented. But at the end of the day, you are capable of learning so much more than what you actually think you're capable love, but that's up to you. So if you want to learn something new, stay tuned. Would love to have you. With that being said, let's dive on into it. And if you learn something new, if you enjoy this episode, I really would appreciate if your soul is moved to do so, to leave a rating of some sort, reach out to me at liamconnerly at gmail.com, latinandlaymans at gmail.com. I love entertaining questions on Q&As that I've had in the past. And yeah, you know, would just really appreciate it. But that being said, I'll leave it there. Again, Latin and layman's, the rhetoric revolution. I tend to get most of my ratings seen on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So it's, it's seeming like those are the predominant podcast um, modalities, if you will, for lack of a better word. So there we go. Hope we learned something new, rather you do, and or sometimes I actually learn stuff as I start fleshing all, out all this stuff. So... Let's dive on into it. All righty, rock on. Let's get on into it. So our first word, I've gone over this one quite a bit, but if you guys don't remember, anatomy. Anatomy, two words. The scientific definition, the study of the structure and organization of living organisms, etymologically, comes from the Greek anatome, which are two words, assimilated, ana meaning up, and tome meaning to cutting or to cut up, essentially is what anatomy would mean in its entirety. So up plus cutting. And you guys know when we etymologize, we work back from the suffix to the prefix. So anatomy really refers to a cutting up. And in this case, a cutting up of the human body, referring to the dissection of the cutting up of organisms for study. Because back in the Renaissance period, when we started to actually question the nature of things and uh, you know, the nature of reality. And uh, we started to read and we started to not just rely on uh, 
just the church to tell us things. You know, we've, that's when we started to challenge the nature of the universe and whether the earth revolved around the sun or um, whether the, you know, everything else revolved around the earth, uh, rather, you know, all this stuff. So that's where anatomy actually came into being because before we actually did not desecrate the human body. We did not cut up the human body after the body had been deceased. The person had been deceased because uh, the human body was considered, you know, a vessel essentially. And that if you had cut it up way back in the day, that you were essentially like desecrating that human body and you were taking them away from the kingdom of heaven of God. Um, yeah, that's what they believed. So they thought that if you actually desecrated that human body on the earth, then it would hinder them from actually being in eternal life later on. Then we started to actually bridge away from that. Anatomy. Next one, physiology, scientific definition, definition, the study of how living organisms function and the mechanisms that drive their bodily processes, essentially. You know, it, um, etymologically, uh, it comes from the Greek physis, meaning nature, and logia or logia, uh, meaning the study or the study of, aka etymologized, the study of nature, physiology, the study of the nature of the human body the, and living organisms and how they move throughout space and time. Kinesiology is another aspect to this puzzle piece, scientific definition, the study of human movement including the mechanics, muscular function, and the coordination involved in movement. Co meaning with, ordo, ordinis meaning order, and then an action, action of uh, the order with. That's what coordination refers to. Just loving to etymologize a word when I see one that I want to do. Etymologically, the word kinesiology is the assimilated kinesis, meaning movement. This is where we get kinetic, right? Kinetic means something that is moving versus something like with potential energy that is stationary. Potens potentis in the Latin means strength. So when you have potential energy, potential energy is stored energy that can be built through time. That's right. So it can become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That's where we get potens. It's where we get powerful, potent in nature. And then on the other hand, kinetic energy after that potential energy is thrust into movement, turns into kinetic energy. Kinesis, again, meaning movement, logia, study, aka kinesiology, the study of movement. There you go. Look at that English word, but actually it's an assimilated form of two Greek words put together to make the, the, uh, the English word. Don't at me. I'll keep on saying it. I'll keep on saying that English is just a modgepodge of all this Greek and Latin and Arabic and all these other things and Proto-Indo-European influences and uh, Germanic and blah. Biomechanics being the next one here, scientific definition, the study of mechanical principles applied to living organisms and their movement. Etymologically, the Greek, what do you think bios means? Well, I'm sure you guys can probably fill in the blank, but I'll go ahead and say it means life. That's where we get biology from, the study of life. But in this case, biomechanics, mechanics come from the mechane, mechane. Um, it's spelled M-E-K-H-A-N-E with two long marks, macrons over the E's. That's why I tried to make those E's long. So don't at me for the pronunciation. That's not really why I'm here. I'm here to help you understand the word a little bit better, aka bios plus mechane, aka biomechanics, aka mechane, referring to machine, bios, life, hmm. meaning, well, 
the study of the mechanical aspects of life essentially is what it means etymologically and scientific definition, the study of mechanical principles applied to living organisms. Very, very similar. How about muscle contraction? Um, the scientific definition refers to the process by which muscle fibers generate force and uh, shorten in length, and then they lengthen again, right? We have the uh, we have the concentric and then we have the eccentric. The concentric is the positive that like if you're doing a bicep rep, that's when you're curling it up. That is the concentric versus the eccentric is when you're fighting the weight back down. Um, you know, that's what we refer to as the negative portion of the rep. All right. So muscle contraction etymologically comes from, well, muscle comes from the Latin musculus, which is a diminutive of mouse, meaning little mouse. Um, and then contraction, con meaning with, traction means to stretch or sometimes to draw or to, to lengthen. So essentially contraction just means to stretch with or to draw with. I think drawing with would probably make more sense in this case. The, the, the action of drawing with muscle essentially, drawing with, aka the contraction up to lead to the contraction down. Musculus. I always think it's funny that, you know, you know, bodybuilders and like, you know, muscle cars, for instance, you know, all those things actually come from Latin musculus, meaning a little mouse. So I always find that kind of funny that there that there's that linguistic, uh, you know, similarity there. Um, the reason why Latin back in the day called it musculus, aka little mouse, was due to the visual similarity of muscles running under under the skin, as to uh, moving mice running un underneath the carpets. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you guys know probably those guys back in the day were just peeled and shredded to the bone for the most part, so you could probably see a lot more muscle fibers rippling. But you can also see them if you have, you know, forearms tend to not really retain a lot of body fat in general. Um, so if you like kind of like just start to wave your fingers around a little bit, you can kind of see how your 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 muscle fiber fibers kind of ripple a little bit. Anyways, next one, isometric. Isometric exercise, scientific definition, muscle contraction without, without a change in length or joint angle. Etymologically, iso comes from the Greek equal plus metric from the Greek metron, meaning measure. So that means equal measurement, essentially. An equal measurement exercise, it means, you know, the holding of. There's no concentric, there's no eccentric, it's just isometric. Isotonic exercise, however, if you've never heard of this one before, the muscle contraction with a change in muscle length and constant tension. Iso means equal plus tonic from the Greek tonos, meaning tension, meaning equal tension. So an isotonic exercise would probably be something more so on like a cable exercise, trying to create more of that tension throughout all of those ranges of motion, all throughout all of those levers and changing the angle of which you actually lift through those levers. That's where biomechanics can be employed. That's why I love understanding science and then applying it to the things in our life is because you can be science-based in, in a lot of the approaches in your life. So the more you know scientifically about the way in which you lift, the more you can be pragmatic and deliberate. And I am just a data-based person. I read studies upon studies upon studies. I'm a meta-analysis fiend. I don't know. I'm a nerd. It's okay. I like 
I like reading and learning and all that good stuff. Next one, hypertrophy. Scientific definition, the enlargement of muscle fibers due to increased protein synthesis. Remember, if you guys have seen in my recent TikTok, I did a lot of sin words, sin or sim or sil, depending on the word that it runs into and assimilates to. So we have sin for synthesis, sim for like symphony or uh, sympathetic, and then sil for something like syllable or syllabus, however. Um, so Synthesis, sin meaning together under with, thesis means to put or place. So protein synthesis to me means literally to put together. And in this case, protein, amino acids. Etymologically, it comes from the Greek hyper meaning over or excessive plus trophia meaning nourishment. It's where we get trophy. That's why after you win an athletic event, you're usually given a trophy because it kind of nourishes your soul and all that good stuff. So there you go with that. That being said, Etymologically, hypertrophy just means excessive nourishment or overnourishment, right? And that's when the muscles grow, right? That's when you are in a anabolic state. Ana meaning up, just like in anatomy. And then bolic come from balin in the Greek, meaning to throw. So anabolic means to throw up. And in this case, you're throwing up more muscle upon more muscle, and you're making that mound of muscle larger. Think Think about if you're digging a hole and you're starting to pile more of that dirt that you're digging onto another pile, right? You're just digging more. You're throwing upon more muscle upon more muscle. And in this case, you have to be in a hypertrophy state, a hypertrophic state in order to achieve that. Because if you, you're not, then you're in an atrophic state an a, or an atrophy Sorry, I don't know why I had a little bit of that brain fart there, but that's our next word here that I want to talk about, atrophy. It is the antithesis of hypertrophy, a meaning without trophy referring to nourishment. Scientific definition, the wasting away or reduction in size of muscle tissue due to disuse or disease. Etymologically, like I said, Greek A without trophy, trophia meaning nourishment, Etymologically, without nourishment is what atrophy means. So you are either in a over or excessive state, or you are in a without nourishment state. And then, well, what's the? What, is there an isotrophy? I don't know. An equal nourishment. I think that that's pretty hard to say because I think that at the end of the day, we are either in an anabolic or a catabolic state, right? We are either engaging and um, secreting insulin into our body because we are eating food or we are in a state where we are fasting and we are not eating food and our blood glucose goes down and we are in the, the more your blood glucose goes down. That's why typically a lot of people, um, can go into a catabolic state when they fast for too long because then they are not consuming any sort of nutrients. And when you're not consuming nutrients, insulin is not being secreted and insulin is growth hormone or it helps to create growth hormone essentially. That's why if you are morbidly obese, you are more, more likely than not insulin resistant. You have, you have, you have, you have abused your ability to utilize insulin to create that blood sugar spike and then leveling off to where your body is just in this constant state of inflammation and always being in this 
uppity up high sugar state. So if you're always consuming sugar and you're always secreting insulin, then the secretion of insulin becomes dulled, aka it just stops, aka you become resistant to it because your body's like, dude, I can't do this anymore. This is too much for me because we know that being obese is not healthy for our bodies. Please, you know, I think it's very, um, uh, and I don't mean to be controversial or anything like that, but I think it's very um, irresponsible for these influencers that are definitely, you know what, you, I, I, I entertain the thought that you can definitely be healthy at a larger weights, absolutely 100%. But when you are, you know, when you're 400 pounds and you're saying that you're, uh, that they're, uh, you know, you're healthy at any weight, um, that's just a lie. And you're telling a lie to yourself. You're telling a lie to your audience. And in turn, you're really enabling a lot of people with a lot of misinformation. When you are obese, that's when you're hypertensive. And people don't understand how 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 much that wrecks your body. Like when you are hypertensive, you have high blood pressure. People don't understand how bad it is to be in a constant state of high blood pressure. It's just, it's not good, you guys. Like, that's why all these people deal with so many more comorbidities, things that will eventually lead to their death later on. Because when you are obese, you have so many other things. It's not just because you're obese. It's not just because you're fat. You probably have other things that are happening. You probably have an excess amount of visceral body fat. Visceral body fat is not the good type of body fat. Visceral means deep, right? And deeper body fat is the body fat that surrounds your internal organs. That's bad news bears. Subcutaneous body fat, sub meaning undercutaneous, referring to uh, the skin, um, subcutaneous, uh, where we get also cuticle from, uh, that's the, the, the body fat that, you know, you can pinch on your skin and stuff like that or underneath your skin and you can kind of feel it and you can kind of feel like how, uh, it can either grow or shrink. You don't actually get fatter. You just actually, your, your, your fat tissue either, um, grows and or shrinks because genetically we all have, um, a different, uh, accumulation of body fat and how it actually situates on our bodies because it is an an organ that covers our entire body but it's it's also kind of a unit in itself right when people talk about how you can spot reduce fat like oh go ahead and just like do a bunch of crunches and you'll you'll just get shredded abs that's not the case at all i mean you're going to help maybe pop them out a little bit more but you're going to be working the abs the ab muscles underneath the subcutaneous body fat in order for you to see those things in order for you to see your vascularity aka your veins you want to see your muscles a little bit more more pronounced, you just have to lose that body fat. And when body fat is lost through the body, it it is lost um, as a whole, if that makes sense. It, it can't be just done in isolation. That being said, I'm going to leave it there. Just remember, you can be healthy at overweight. And I really don't like the BMI index because it's not a good correlation as to what health is and or what your healthy body or what a healthy body is, but it can be a good framework and a standardized thing, especially when you aren't a big body or a weightlifter or anything like that. Uh, because it typically a lot of people that are, um, you know, 
people that work out, they have a higher BMI and they don't really account for the fact that the BMI is actually the fact that they have a larger amount of muscle tissue on their body. They are revved up with their metabolism because the more muscle tissue you have, the higher your metabolic rate is because the more you are burning energy at rest because it takes energy to utilize the musculature, whereas it doesn't take energy to have body fat on your body. Body fat is store is energy. It is storage. That's that's why we store it. Is because we're saving it for a rainy day when we might not have food, or at least we did when we back in the day. And that body fat then gets utilized when you are in uh, a fasting state for longer than I don't know. You know that is really dependent on how fast you chew through your liver glycogen and your muscle glycogen, and then you finally start relying on ketones. Ketones are burned fat that gets metabolized from your liver and then gets turned into energy. If you didn't know, now you know. So that's why it's called the ketogenic diet is because you are relying on ketones for energy and ketones are utilized through the process and breaking down of fat and then being mobilized through the liver and then being then turned into energy. And that's why it's a more long sustained form of energy is because when the liver processes it, it takes a little bit longer. And that's why a lot of endurance athletes that I've read about, especially ultra runners and stuff like that, they tend to entertain that ketogenic lifestyle a lot, which I find very interesting. That being said, I have just gone on a ramble bamble and I still have quite a few um, terms to uh, to address. I'm just, I'm going. This is a one-off, you guys. I haven't stopped at all. I'm just going, going, going. So let's do the next one here. Aerobic exercise. Aerobic exercise, scientific definition, the physical activity that requires oxygen, aero, plus energy production over an extended period of time. Etymologically, aero from the Greek air, meaning air, plus bios, meaning life, meaning life with air. That's what aerobic exercise is. And then life with air, exercise. I'm not going to etymologize exercise. I'll do that later on if you guys want to. But it's just another little assimilated form, X meaning out of, and I guess I'm doing it right now. And then that size comes from a care in the Latin, A-R-C-E-R-E, but it just assimilates into a different form uh, from its third principal part that I won't get into because I'm already ramble-bambling, even though I told you that I wasn't going to etymologize exercise. I'm doing it right now. X meaning out of, a care meaning keep in and or away. Um, X can also refer to sometimes as thoroughly. Put those two together, we get exercere uh, in the Latin meaning to keep busy and or practice. So essentially, if we assimilate it, it means really a carry plus X to keep in thoroughly uh, and then assimilate it to that actually that actual form exercere, meaning to keep keep busy. So essentially, the etymology of aerobic exercise altogether is to essentially keep busy with life with air. There we go. And that's what exercise is. You're keeping your body busy. If you didn't know, now you know. Anaerobic exercise, however, scientific definition, uh, the physical activity that does not 
heavily require on oxygen for energy production. Anna, from the Greek an, meaning without, not Anna, meaning up. Anna is just because it's really an, and then it goes arrow plus bic. So an without plus air, meaning air, A-E-R in the Greek is what, um, is where it comes from. And then finally, that bic comes from bios, meaning life. So essentially, life without air, anaerobic exercise. And then exercise meaning to keep busy, right? To keep busy thoroughly or to keep busy with. And in this case, you're keeping your body busy with life without air. What are examples of anaerobic exercise? Weightlifting, um, Olympic weightlifting, things that require explosive movements a lot of the time, or, you know, just the contraction of the musculature, but only through a, a certain period of time. Also, sprinters. Have you ever looked at what a sprinter looks like versus a long distance runner? Long distance runner refers to life with air, aka aerobic exercise, versus a sprinter is anaerobic in nature because it's almost like just like weightlifting, right? It, Think about it. You're sprinting for hard out as, uh, you know, as hard as you can for a certain period of time, typically, you know, between 10 to 20 seconds, you know, that's a, you know, that's almost like lifting weights. Think about it. You know, you get ready for, you know, uh, to squat, you know, 10 to 12 reps. I don't really know how long that takes. I've actually never really like, well, sometimes I have, but I forget now, but typically same kind of, you know, thing versus, if you are running for a longer period of time, you're not stop, stopping. You're not stopping to rest, you know, because you're relying on your heart to continually pump, um, you know, blood to oxygenate the body through all of its limbs as you're running and continuously run. That's why you require breathing as well. And when you don't really think about breathing as much when you are anaerobically exercising until after the fact, right? Another aerobic exercise that people don't really think about a lot that can also be anaerobic dependent on the type of exercising you're doing is rock climbing. Rock climbing can be anaerobic if you're more of a boulderer, right? Because you're not really you're not really climbing for that long. You project for just a little bit and then you jump off the wall. You look at the wall again. You try and, you know, beta test what you're going to do again if you want to, or maybe you send it um, the first time um, and flash it. Um, I still remember a lot of the terms. I, I'm, I'm not a big rock climber anymore because of my shoulder dislocations all the time, but rock climbing used to be a very big part of my life. Um, I do love it. I love, I love just being outside and being grounded to the earth, uh, to the earth and grounding my hands and my feet to our natural earth. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little hippy dippy there. Anyways, anaerobic bouldering, but then something that's a little bit more aerobic would be top roping or lead climbing. Um, think about it. Don't you tend to like really get winded after like, uh, you know, a, a climbing, uh, on a higher route that you have to like, you know, spend more time doing, maybe you have to take breaks, right? Where you have to like come off the wall. Um, maybe your, your forearms get a little bit too pumped too quickly. I don't know, but yeah aerobic versus anaerobic. Just wanted to give another little example there. And then again, if you're not really convinced, look up two images side by side. Sprinters have some pretty rock and awesome bodies. 
and they definitely kind of correlate more so with somebody that looks like they weightlift versus somebody that is aerobically exercising looks kind of a little bit more gaunt. Um, that being said, next one cardiovascular system coming from the scientific definition, the system responsible for circulating blood throughout the body, including the heart and blood vessels. Sorry, I just had to click to make sure that it was still recording there. I'm worried that I am still with my one off here. I'm running out of time, but I'm not, I'm actually good. Etymologically cardio from the Greek cardia meaning heart plus vascular from the Latin vasculum meaning little vessel. So that means the heart and vessel, aka the heart and small, small vessel system. Next one here, skeletal system or skeletal muscle rather. Scientific definition, muscles attached to bones that allow for movement through contraction. Etymologically, skeletal comes from the Latin skeletus, uh, meaning skeleton uh, plus muscle as mentioned earlier musculus aka little mouse aka the the skeleton of little mice essentially which really isn't the case but love it hey you know what if you have a muscle car guess what you share similar linguistic similarities to little mice so regardless of your revving of the engine it just reminds me of little mice whenever i hear it sorry i just like to add car culture, because that's one thing that I never really realize about people around here in Colorado is uh, uh, the the love of their cars. <laughs> what kind of car do you have? Uh, I have a Jeep. And then the, the, they ask, they're like, oh, yeah, what kind of Jeep? And I'm like, I have a Jeep Patriot. And they're like, that's not a Jeep. That's not. I'm like, anyway, I'm ramble. Never mind. People are funny, though. Anyways, flexion. Our next one, scientific definition, the decreasing the angle between two body parts comes from the Latin flectere, meaning to bend, flexion, flexion, extension. When you flexion, uh, that's when you curl the bicep up. So that's when you bring your hand to and towards your uh, your shoulder, and then you can touch your shoulder. That's flexion. And then extension would be extending, aka increasing the angle between two body parts, and that would be engaging your tricep muscle. Flexion, bicep, tricep, extension of the humerus. Etymologically, extension comes from ex, ex tendere, ex meaning out of, tendere meaning to stretch, ex, ex tendere, the meaning to stretch out. I guess I'm I'm starting to wean here, all right? I'm getting there. I'm almost there. I think I have about like seven or eight more that I want to do. Next one, agonist. Scientific definition, the muscle pri primarily responsible ra rather for the specific movement of a body part. Etymologically, it comes from the Greek agonistes, meaning combatant referring to someone competing in a contest. So the agonist muscle is the primary muscle mover of a certain thing versus the antagonist, right? This is when you think about supersetting muscles, right? If you're on an arm day, hey, I'm gonna, my agonist would be biceps, my antagonist would be my triceps. Maybe if I wanted to superset my legs, which would be really exhausting, but I could do it. I could go to the leg extension machine, which would be working out my quadriceps and then jump right from there to the leg um, 
or that, I, I forget what they call that, the lying leg curl maybe, which would turn that, that uh, extension, however, into flexion. And then I would be working out my hamstrings, which is the back portion of the leg, right? Qu front portion, quads, back portion, hamstrings. Hamstrings are basically just the bicep your, of your leg. And if you think about it, they just curl up just like your biceps do. But in this case, with your legs. In fact, there is a muscle, a part of your hamstring called your bicep femoris, aka the bicep of the femur. Next one here we have is, um, well, I guess I didn't really go further into antagonist, but antagonist, the muscles that oppose the action of the agonist, coming from the Greek antagonistes, meaning opponent. So you either have agonistes, meaning combatant, or antagonistes, meaning opponent, referring to someone opposing in a contest, right? That's just the opposition, right? You either have the agonist versus the antagonist. Next one, ligament. Ligament, a scientific definition, a fibrous connective tissue that connects bone to bone and provides stability to joints. Etymologically, from the Latin ligamentum, meaning band or tie, refers to the binding nature of the tissue, essentially. So if you didn't know, now you know. Tendon, however, the scientific definition is a fibrous connective tissue that attaches muscle to bone. Muscle to bone. Etymologically, the Latin tendere means to stretch, reflecting kind of the roles of tendons in transmuting muscle force to bone. Trans, or well, not transmuting, transmitting rather, because trans means across, mitting means to send. When you transmit something, you send across, and in this case, the, the force from muscle to bone. Isokinetic. Look at that. I mentioned that before, because didn't we have things like isometric, we had isotonic, we had extension, flexion, and then now we have isokinetic exercise, aka scientific de definition, muscle contraction at a constant speed. Etymologically, iso meaning equal plus kinetic coming from the Greek kinesis meaning movement, referring to equal movement. Um, and I think isokinetic can also refer to something that might be done on a cable machine to create that that equal tension. I'm, I'm assuming isotension or uh, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, that being said, don't want to get into it. I know that I've been kind of making this one into a longer one than I actually planned on doing. Resistance training. Resistance training refers to exercise that involves using resistance to build muscle strength and endurance. Etymologically, resistance comes from the Latin resistere, meaning to withstand, plus training come from, coming from the Latin trahere, um, which means to pull or to draw, meaning to withstand through pulling, essentially. That's what resistance training means etymologically, and kind of that's what it is, right? Because you're just using... Um, resistance through space and time in order to build muscle strength and endurance. Another one, proprioception. Scientific definition is the sense of the position and movement of the body through space and time, essentially, right? Your proprioceptive nature is being able to I actually isolate and think about a specific muscle that you are contracting when you are moving. This can also refer to just like in general, your space and time being aware of, you know, your muscles and each bits and it's like a body scan. 
when you body scan, you become aware and proprioceptive of the body more so, the things that are happening in, around, all that good stuff. Etymologically, proprio comes from the Latin proprius, meaning one's own, plus ception coming from the Latin capere, which means to take. So essentially, it means taking hold of one's own. And in this case, one's own body, understanding one's own body through proprioception. Sometimes people can be a little bit too proprioceptive and they can feel a little bit too much. Maybe they, that proprioception becomes really, really strong interoception where they can actually feel all the processes happening within the body, like your GI and your stomach and your intestines and that kind of stuff. And people deal with that, um, you know, being too aware and too hypervigilant of their body and what's going on interoceptively. Two more, interval training. Scientific definition refers to alternating periods of high intensity exercise with periods of rest or lower intensity. Etymologically, Interval comes from the Latin intervallum or intervallum uh, with the correct pronunciation in Latin, which refers to space between ramparts. Inter meaning between, vallum meaning ramparts. Between ramparts, referring to the space between two barriers. Interval training, the, the barriers between when you are on versus off, aka the alternating periods of high intensity exercise mixed with rest or lower intensity. Interval training is in turn anaerobic in nature. That's where we get a lot of sprinting. That's where you get the Tabata exercises and all that kind of stuff that are all anaerobic in nature although they are, there's a lot of moving and it gets your blood rate or it gets your heart rate going big time, your blood going big time, and it gets you pretty winded. It isn't essentially aerobic in nature. It's more anaerobic. And then finally, our last one, body composition. Body composition, scientific definition, the portion of, or rather the proportion of fat, muscle, bone, and other tissues in the body. Etymologically, body plus composition from the Latin compo compositio, meaning arrangement plus body, essentially, just meaning the arrangement of the body's components. That being said, I'm going to leave it there. And it sounds like my voice is already starting to leave me a little bit. Well, you know, it's the first full week back from school. So, you know, a lot of the time, Mr. Connerly, by the end of the day, sounds like a little bit of a beautiful boy. So maybe that's a little bit of why I'm starting to sound like that right now. That being said, I'm going to leave it there. I really hope you learned something new. And if you did, and if your soul is moved to do so, I would really appreciate that rating either at Apple Podcast, Spotify, Latin and Layman's, The Rhetoric Revolution. Thank you guys again. Have a wonderful day and remember to thank yourselves. Think a portion of that body that we had just mentioned. Maybe a, a portion of the body that you don't really acknowledge very much. Maybe your sit bones, maybe your feet, maybe the feet that ground you to this earth or your hands that ground you to the things that you hold. I don't know. That being said, think about it and remember to thank yourself. You deserve it and we deserve it to give each other more credit than we typically do. Tempo says to scatter it.